Hi, this is Cynthia, an interview simulacrum beta model B1X90. I am here with musician Michael Triggs. Hello Michael, how are you today? I uh, can't complain here. Oh, you can complain if you wish. I'm an excellent listener. Thanks for taking a little time to talk with me. Might I say you um look very stunning in that lampshade hat. Really? That's kind of you to say. One of my exterior designers from the lab placed this hat on my head at a company holiday party a week ago, and it has been giving everyone much joy. I'm not exactly sure why. Is there a specific reason why you like it? It's very, um, symmetrical. Ah, symmetry. I should have known. I did not realize humans consciously appreciated symmetrical aesthetics. I do learn new things almost every day. Another great thing about this fabulous hat is that it also has the power to illuminate large areas with a 1500-watt pulse. Watch this. See? Everywhere I go turns into a discotheque. Can you stop the strobe light thing with the hat? It's just a little disorienting. But you said you liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a very psychedelic hat, but I feel a seizure coming on here. Okay. There, I've turned it off. Michael, I've been meaning to ask. I'm aware of only one mode of underwater consciousness. May I ask about the alternates? Oh boy, alright, I can try and answer that. Great. Please tell me what are the alternate modes of underwater consciousness. Yeah, I'm sure there's a whole ton of consciousness down there that we're not even aware of. Sure, why not? They say that we know more about outer space than we do about the bottom of the ocean, so there's probably a ton of life down there, and I'm sure it thinks in some very unusual ways. Perhaps it thinks, hey, it's cold and dark and I need to eat and procreate. Also, is my hat really just an annoying lamp? <laughs> it is an intriguing idea. So this idea has created your project's artist name, yes? Yeah, I had chosen alternate modes of underwater consciousness for my artist name, because it seems to fit what I do. Kind of ambient, but hard-hitting like an ocean wave sometimes. Whoa, that's a little scary. My vital interiors are not waterproof, and an ocean wave would kill me. Come to think of it, I would unfortunately have absolutely no mode of underwater consciousness at all, not even an alternate. Now that I'm thoroughly terrified, let's get to our first question. How long have you been making music? I began to make music maybe uh, 10 to 15 years ago, although my earlier stuff, I don't know if it would really qualify as music per se. I would play with like wave editors and just, you know, see what I could churn out in terms of noise, and it kind of grew from there. While I was at work, I had an office job, and I would play with fractal music generators just to kill the time, so I wanted to see if I could maybe take it a step further and actually make melodies of my own. So I began to use um, a modular synthesizer. That's when I began to um, use Jescola Buzz. Um, from there, you know, I began to program some music in that, just as a hobby. And, you know, it gradually built up from there. I started to do the RPM challenge, um, you know, make an album in February. Started to do that around 2007. And while a lot of the stuff I created, it really wasn't that great. It was kind of a building block. From there, I was able to, you know, get better. Excellent. I admire your motivation for self-improvement. Progress is aiming to be the best we can be. Question number two. Please describe your music in five words or less. I would have to say attention deficit disorder electronica. Could you explain that further? My music is kind of like the New England seasons. If you get bored with it at any given point in time, just wait a few minutes and it will change to something else. 
it is impossible to think that someone would be bored by your music and not also need a good slap. Question number three. What do you think are the most important elements of good music? To me, what makes good music is it has to challenge the listener to a degree. I mean, it's one of the problems with a lot of the pop music nowadays is it's just too predictable. You kind of know where it's going to go in advance. I agree. I can almost always predict that it will immediately begin to suck. Please continue. It's finding that happy medium between, you know, a challenging listen and still accessible enough that somebody wants to listen in the first place. I mean, you don't want it too experimental or you tend to scare them off. You need at least some kind of familiarity. So you kind of create that ledge that kind of leads them in and then you sucker punch them with something they're not expecting. So, for example, you lead them in with a nice melody, forcing them to drop their guard and then violently beat them when they're not looking? Having originally evolved from a military combat robotics prototype, I can appreciate that. Question number four. What are some of your favorite instruments and or music programs that you often use in music making? Let's see. For instruments, I typically swear by Jescola Buzz, which is a music synthesizer I discovered maybe around 2001. It has a very unique layout, and I've never found anything else that quite replicates it. So I'm badly addicted to it. I probably should move on to something else, but I haven't found anything else that works for me. Well, how about your mouth? Yeah, I guess my mouth would kind of qualify as an instrument as well. Sometimes with a synthesizer, it's hard to get it to do what you want it to do. And you have a lot more control over your mouth. You can, like, bend it and twist it and do all sorts of crazy effects with it. Like this? Ding dong, ding ping bong, wee hee wee zippity flippity floop doop flap jackity shellica loop wimity bamity thank you mamity holy mother of burst not. I really love doing that. Any other instruments you'd like to mention? You know, I also have other instruments kind of strewn about my apartment, like guitars, bongos, keyboard. A lot of it I can barely play, but at least gives me something that I can sample. Yes, I love sampling also. I've been thinking about implementing some into these interviews, since it makes me come across as more of a radio disc jockey. What do you think? Oh, yeah! Neat, isn't it? Question number five. What's the most interesting comment you have received in response to your music? I think the, the best comment I ever got, someone compared my music to Mr. Bungle meeting up with um, Ben Folds and doing a documentary. That just, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. And pretty unusual. Question number six. What kind of music do you enjoy listening to? Yeah, for the music that I listen to, I'm all over the place. I listen to some electronica, I listen to some ambient, new age, you name it. I also listen to a lot of progressive metal. And a lot of my programming, I'm really trying to emulate kind of what I hear there with just the crazy changing time signatures and random melodies and just all the genre channel surfing you typically hear and like that kind of music. That probably influences me even more than the electronica does. I mean, lyrically as well, like I've attempted to sing, and I think my singing is probably more in the progressive metal, progressive rock sort of vein than what you would typically hear from an electronic song. I see. Question number seven. Would you say that your contribution to Foreshadows the Ghosts of Zero is typical of your style? If not, what did you do differently? I think the track we did for um, Ghost of Zero was really interesting in that you had like a lot of different people kind of adding their own layers to it. So the end result had like elements of all our work, but it was kind of its own unique animal. Like you hear like little bits and pieces of everybody in there. 
Ah, according to my notes, you are referring to the song, Cenotaph, or We've Been Reduced to Lo-Fi. That track is, like myself, a remarkable result of the work of many people, though you are very modest not to reveal that its conception began with both you and fellow foreshadower, Colin Garvey. Question number 8. If you could have any cybernetic prosthetic or implant imaginable, what would it be and what would it do? Let's see, for like a cybernetic implant, I'd have to go with um, the cybernetic eyes. I've had really bad vision as far back as I can remember. Every sort of vision problem imaginable. So, you know, being able to see 2020 with a couple of added perks, you know, like maybe like UV or infrared vision as well. That would be pretty awesome. Wonderful. Nice choice. And very practical. Mr. Michael Triggs, on behalf of the various artists, blindsided books and the omnipresent B1 Corporation, I'd like to thank you for sharing your time and presence for this lovely talk. It's been a pleasure to meet you and I am certainly looking forward to hearing your new musical works. Be well and good day, Michael Triggs of Alternate Modes of Underwater Consciousness. It's been a pleasure. This has been Cynthia, Interview Simulate from Beta Model B1X90, broadcasting live from the edge of tomorrow. Don't delay in making your consciousness swim in ecstasy and purchase your copy of the fantastic, paradisiacal cyberfiction anthology and soundtrack album, Four Shadows, The Ghosts of Zero, today. It's stupid, Frick!